Well, that was um, certainly unexpected as this Monday afternoon, the Bruins just went out and convincingly beat the Colorado Avalanche, the best team in the National Hockey League. We're going to talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before at Bet Online, where the game starts. It is Monday, February 21st. And like I said, the Bruins just beat the Colorado Avalanche by a score of 5-1. to one. Very impressive, unexpected win. Going to break it down. Real quick on today's episode, happy President's Day for those of you down south, up here in Canada or in Ontario anyways, it's family day, so you may hear some noises in the background uh, as we get set to go out for dinner as a family here in a little bit. Uh, quick reminder, if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can do so at Locked NHL Bruins. You can find me at Dad Jokes, Hockey Tweets, at ENC McLaren. Those of you who may be new, my lifelong Bruins fan, been covering this team for various outlets for 17 years. And uh, yeah, the podcast, again, available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So please hit that subscribe button and make Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Now, the Bruins were coming off a overtime win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, that was on the heels of a very disappointing, lackluster, uninspiring performance uh, loss at the hands of the New York Islanders last Thursday. Uh, This team is preparing to go on a pretty lengthy West Coast road trip, and they were home for one game here looking to, yeah, put in a solid performance at least against the Colorado Avalanche who entered this game with a league leading 776 point percentage, a league leading 76 points and a goal differential of plus 60, which is second only to the um, Florida Panthers. Quite frankly, I had penciled this game in as an L uh, not at all expecting the Bruins to beat the Avalanche, much less do so by a score of 5-1. to one. But that's exactly what they did uh, this afternoon. Uh, the Bruins got on the board in the first period, late in the first, thanks to a David Pasternak goal. This came in the midst of a 21-9 to uh advantage in terms of shots for the Bruins in the first period. They kept it going in the second period out shooting Colorado 15, 11. And, you know, 
when you're out shooting a team by a wide margin, but you're sitting on a one goal lead, it's like, oh, it could go either way. A lucky bounce in favor of Colorado could really shift things. But uh, the Bruins scored at 801 of the second. Uh, Patrice Bergeron from uh, Taylor Hall and Matt Grizzlick, a very nice passing play all around to make it 2 0. Uh, Nathan McKinnon scored to bring the team within one, a power play goal. And again, you're thinking, this could go either way, uh, but David Pasternak added his second goal of the day to make it 3-1. Jake DeBrusque scored in his second straight game, the first time he's done that this season, to make it 4-1. And then Charlie Coyle adding the dagger early in the third period to make it 5-1, a lead that the Bruins would not relinquish. They outshot Colorado 45-29 uh, in this game, and 5-on-5, five five, they were the dominant team. Although Colorado did have more shot attempts than Boston, 42-38 at 5-on-5, five five, but the Bruins, more shots, 33-25, more scoring chances, 21-16. High danger chances for the Bruins at 5-on-5, 13-4 advantage. In all situations, that is up to 20-4. to four. Uh, And the Bruins did have the shot attempt differential overall, as well as shots, high danger chances, scoring chances, and uh, expected goals. 4.43 compared to 1.51. Darcy Kemper really did yeoman's work to keep Colorado in this game uh, early on. We'll talk about what this performance means for the Bruins with a month to go before the trade deadline, as well as award the big bear of the game here in a moment. But before we do that, a quick word about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and I can't recommend the puffs enough. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out. They're a protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Uh, dip them in a hot chocolate. Ooh, unbelievable. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're low-calorie, high-protein, uh, low-sugar, and just all around delicious and good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. Don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I want to thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. Today's the final day of the Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action from Beijing. Find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It is free and available on all podcasts networks. A uh, quick update that I'm just seeing here. Uh, prior to the game, it was announced that Euro Vakaninen would play on the third pair with uh, Derek Forbort, Vakanainen was a late scratch. Connor Clifton took his place. And Bruce Cassidy saying Vakanainen wasn't 
feeling right after warmups, hence the late scratch. Uh, Vakaninen had missed a few games with an upper body injury. I think he came back to play on Saturday, uh, but unable to uh, suit up in this one. A lot of people were speculating perhaps it was a late uh, scratch due to a pending trade. Uh, but no, it was just uh, as a result of not feeling right, whatever that means. He did play Thursday against the Islanders, Saturday against the Senators, 20 minutes in both games, uh, but unable to suit up for this one. So that's something to monitor before they go back out on the road for a lengthy road trip. Now, full credit to Jeremy Swayman as well in this one. He wasn't overly tested, but he stopped 28 of 29 shots against. And in my mind, he is the clear top option for the Bruins right now. Go back his last four games. You had this one, 966 save percentage. Against Ottawa, he posted a 935 save percentage. Against the Rangers last week, a 971 point percentage, save percentage, sorry. And then he had a shutout uh, last Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. So just an unreal stretch here for Jeremy Swayman. If you're lucky to have him in fantasy, as I do, then you're really reaping the benefits from his strong performance uh, these days. When it comes to the big bear of the game, you know, I really want to give it to David Pasternak. He was unreal today. He had uh, two goals. He added an assist and he recorded, I believe, eight shots on goal. Uh, Just an incredible effort for Pasternak coming off uh, the performance that he had in Ottawa where he scored the overtime game winner. And this was on the heels of a four-game goalless streak. Having said that, I want to give Jake DeBrusque a little love. He scored uh, the goal to make it 4-1. He had four shots on goal. uh, And, you know, I really wish he hadn't made his trade request public, that he could just settle in, remain with this team, Uh, where he's been his whole career. And there's a real dilemma right now for Bruce Cassidy with Brad Marchand set to come back from his suspension. Uh, Who goes up to the right side? The line of uh, Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith has been very effective over the last uh, few games. The line of Anton Bleed, Thomas Nosek, Curtis Lazar has been pretty good. So, assuming Halla goes back up with uh, Taylor Hall and David Pasternak, you have a decision to make as to who goes on the right side up top. You know, I don't love having Jake DeBrusque play on his offside. You're having uh, Nick Foligno do that at the moment. Perhaps move Foligno down to the fourth line to play with Nosek and Lazar, and you bump DeBrusque up to the top line to play with Marchand and Bergeron, what better way to get him going? If he still wants out, can boost his trade value. Good for the Bruins, good for him, if it works, of course. And, um, I mean, it's something worth contemplating, at the very least, 
uh, in my mind. So I'm giving DeBrusque the big bear in this one. Again, one goal. Uh, he was a plus one, four shots on goal, and uh, yeah, just played uh, played a good game in, in this one. And he had again the um, two games in a row now with with a goal, something that he hadn't done uh, all season long. So good on Jake uh, for buying in for trying to keep things going amid this crazy stretch where he made this trade request, hasn't spoken to the media in quite some time. And um, yeah, no idea if that trade request still stands or whether it's been worked out between him and the team. But for right now, he is still looking to get out, but also contributing. And uh, I guess... If that trade request does still stand, him contributing is a win-win for the Bruins at the moment, boosts his trade value, and hopefully they can get something of significance in return. Now the Bruins are set to head out west for a lengthy road trip that will begin Thursday in Seattle. Uh, Later on this week, going to have a couple Seattle themed guests coming up on the podcast. One who's been on a couple times before another who will be making their debut on the podcast. Very excited to talk to both of those people. So keep an eye on that Wednesday, Thursday, uh, the Bruins will travel to Seattle tomorrow in order to, uh, get out there early practice on Wednesday and get acclimated to the time difference from there. They'll play San Jose on Saturday, the Kings next Monday, the Ducks on Tuesday uh, to begin the month of March, Thursday the 3rd in Vegas to play Jack Eichel, and then they'll wrap up this road trip on March 5th at Columbus before coming home to play the Los Angeles Kings. So, yeah, they'll be uh, on the road here for... A couple weeks almost, not really two weeks, um, but tomorrow through till the 5th of March. Uh, so really lengthy road trip. And uh, of course, we'll be all over it here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. So please do subscribe and um, yeah, keep things locked here. When I mentioned DeBrus going on the right side, I should mention perhaps they could put Marshan on the right side as well and keep DeBrusque on his uh, natural side. Uh, this all kind of puts into focus the fact that they do need a scoring right winger uh, in my mind. You know, Pasternak is obviously one of the best scoring right wingers in the NHL, but after that, it's a bit thin for the Bruins on the right side with Lazar, Smith, and that's pretty much it for right-hand shots. Call up uh, our boy Senny, perhaps. That would be nice. Barring injury, these are the players that we saw today that would be going out west, so I don't see that happening, but it looks like someone of significance will have to play on the right side in order to 
keep the current lineup in. For me, again, it would be taking Bleed out as much as I don't like to see. Ideally, you'd be taking Felino out. He's been least effective, I think, out of this group. Uh, but again, a, a pretty tough decision coming up for uh, for Bruce Cassidy. And uh, once they practice out west, we'll get a better idea uh, of who's going to be uh, in the lineup and who will be coming out. I would expect Jeremy Swayman would stay in net since he's been uh, so hot lately, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do uh, split some starts between these couple guys just to get Linus Allmark in there and keep him fresh as well. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, quick word about bet online. Football might be over, but basketball is in full steam coming out of the all-star break. And March Madness is right around the corner. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where to find the next fire coach, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It's the best place for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Not just basketball either. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and uh, you can head to their website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. Don't go too far, Ewan, as when Mummy comes home, we'll be going out for dinner. <laughs> uh, the NHL.com posted a very interesting article this morning talking about some uh, top storylines ahead of the trade deadline, which is about, well, exactly a month away. It'll be uh, March 21st, I believe at 3 p.m. Chicago Blackhawks are a team to keep an eye on. Marc-Andre Fleury could be traded potentially to the Washington Capitals. Uh, That's been picking up steam lately the Edmonton Oilers could be in the mix the wild the Avs um so that's certainly a storyline to keep an eye on as you know last year's Vezina Trophy winner could be on the move uh there's of course Claude Giroux and his no move clause does he want to move on from the Philadelphia Flyers take a run at the cup before hitting unrespected unrestricted free agency sorry uh, two big rental additions that one of which I know the Bruins would have their eye on is, uh, Thomas Hurdle. He's in the final season of his, his contract with the San Jose Sharks be a much coveted player, uh, high, high asking price. But if the Bruins could swing a deal for him and be able to retain his services long-term, that would be just massive. He's, he's a very uh, I, want, I don't want to say underrated, but, you know, he's only 28, 22 goals so far this season, 40 points in 49 games. Not quite a point-per-game guy, but a very David Krejci-esque player. Uh, Phil Kessel, I mentioned that scoring winger, and he certainly fits that mold as well. If you're looking for help on defense, no shortage of players available. Hampus Lindholm. John Klingberg, Mark Giordano would be a great addition, I think. Uh, there's guys like Nicoletti, Ben Sherratt, P.K. Subban even. Um, the Bruins, long thought to be interested in adding some defense. I still think that is below center. I would maybe go second-line center, 
defense scoring winger as kind of a triangle there. Joel Pavelski could be available in Dallas. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, if you want to get veteran about it and bring in a guy who's kind of been there before, uh, kind of a Felino type, I guess. Probably that's not something that's too appealing at the moment. Um, Vancouver will be selling. The Detroit Red Wings are kind of out of the mix, but they could be pulling off a deal similar to last year where they looked where they picked up Jacob Rana for Anthony Manta and some picks. Uh, I think that's a team that sooner than later will be on the rise. So those are some things to keep an eye on here as we're about a month away from the uh, trade deadline, a bunch of storylines to follow. And we will of course uh, keep you up to date on all things related to the Boston Bruins, who I believe will be very active at least interest-wise when it comes to the trade market. I don't doubt for a second that with Patrice Bergeron getting up there and an unrestricted free agent, some uncertainty about his contract status and, you know, the core or the cup window definitely shrinking. You could argue already closed, but um, Don Sweeney will be active and looking to add to this roster i mean why not you saw what happened today against the colorado avalanche i've been saying all season long their underlying numbers are very strong top five in shot attempt differential scoring chance differential high danger chance differential they may not be generating a ton a ton of all this but they're suppressing those things as well so who knows jeremy swayman very hot right now looking unflappable in net you have Allmark there as well. They don't compete against each other. They compete with each other, trying to make each other better. So obviously there's a lot to like after a win like that and easy to be glass half full. Uh, but I've kind of been on that train all season long. Yes, the game against the Islanders was very disappointing, but they rebounded in a big way. And this um, road trip, could be big for the Bruins in terms of building on this momentum, but also bringing the team together. Road trips are often good bonding exercises. And um, yeah, if they can come home with a winning record, some of these Western teams, not that great. You know, a bunch of these teams are out of the playoff picture, uh, but we'll talk about them each in turn as we move along here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, beginning with Seattle. And again, a couple of Seattle guests coming up uh, this week. Hope you all had a great long weekend. I hope you're all doing well. You heard me just say we're going to head out for dinner soon as a family. Put the kids to bed and catch up on Euphoria. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode of Locked On Boston Bruins here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Great win. Have a great night. Talk to you later, Bruins friends.